Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Legion 99 podcast, your source for the latest tactics, news, battle reports, hobby talk, and general Legion chatter. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Legion 99. I'm Nick. I'm here with Mike, and we have two special guests. We have Richard Lavery of Crit to Block, down south guy, uh, fresh from PAX, um, the pseudo runner-up. And then uh, my good buddy, Chris Lewis, rep- representing, uh, hanging out in Bright Tree Village right now, if you're watching the video. Um, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing Great. all right. Yep. We were, uh, we just, I, PAX was last weekend. You can still hear it in my voice a little bit, I think. Uh, a little nasally. Uh, all good. We heard from Mike already on Scoundrels. That, oh, yes. That yes. rap scallion. Um, I'm sorry I cheated on you, Nick. But, uh, it's okay, man. It's okay. That's why I brought you back to the network so that you could go on the other podcast and talk. You've revealed my secrets. <laughs> anyway, um, we got stuff to talk about. We got some news uh, before we get into PAX debrief and we talk, we get a little, we'll probably, Mike already talked a little bit about PAX. He doesn't love doing battle reports, but I'll let Chris and Richard talk a lot because they played six games they also happen to play each other uh you know round five the you know basically the start of the top cut sort of you know we did full swiss so there was no cut uh which unfortunately meant that richard was not the runner-up after swiss uh i mean it yeah it happens. It, it happens it happens um i'm definitely doing a different format for next year so uh similar but different um we got a we, yeah, what we learned, we learned a lot. There were a lot of things that, you know, we, that I didn't like as the TO, uh, which is mostly PAX issues. Um, overall, I think the event went really well, but. Uh, you didn't like the people picking up your terrain? I didn't like, no. And I also found out that like at one point on Sunday, Sunday is like the family day. There's like a lot of families there. And I guess like somebody like was trying to, some kid was trying to like pick up minis, which is a thing that happens like every year, apparently. Uh you know they don't know what they're looking at they assume like everybody walks by they assume because like the vendors let everybody touch everything that this is also a thing here uh also uh the enforcers trying to make everybody like eat against a wall was crazy (laughs) but uh yeah you had to be there you had to be there but so news g and oceans we got the uh amg preview article that lj wrote uh not a whole lot of new stuff but we did get the flip side of the uh force pike warrior it is an overrun attack the dice are not very good um overrun also does not work in the current rule book because it requires a notch based uh a notch based trooper or vehicle so technically i was corrected on this a little bit it does require a notched base, but the ruling is because it must overlap. And with the new movement rules, you pick up your guy and you put him at the end of the movement tool. You don't slide along anymore. So there is no overlap. The only time you slide is when there's a notched base. Right. So it doesn't explicitly require the notch, but it's the only way to get an overlap. So I'm, I'm sure e- that'll get fixed. I'm excited for these guys. I was pretty not excited with this the Sonic Cannon Warrior because he's kind of expensive. Uh, we all know that like these guys are more expensive than rebel troopers and don't have any kind of defensive tech at all. Like nothing they can, they can't, it's not even like they have nimble, like rebel troopers. Um, 
and it's only range one to two. The Force Pike Warrior with the Overrun is a lot more interesting with the fact that they get a free move every turn from the jump, so they can effectively move three times if they're not suppressed. But if they're suppressed, they're probably dead, so whatever. Um, what do you guys think? I think Geonosians are going to make a massive splash into the meta. Um, with how careful many of the competitive players are, the ability to run an 11-act Geonosian list where five of your units can triple move and you could hold those until late turn four out of mm -hmm. range behind line of sight and then get an additional speed, uh, was it an additional jump move with Sun Fox card? Yeah. I think the objective play is going to really shake up the scene. I, I tend agree. to I tend to agree. Um, when you can backload triple magna with four to five speed three objective grabbing units, and now your killers can just do what they do best at, and your opponent's going to have to focus on the people picking up the boxes, tapping the vaps, etc. Um, I think they're positioned to really change the way CIS plays. I don't think they'll do a lot of killing on their own, but I think they'll be annoying enough that everything else can do their job, which is probably what they're intended to do. You know, they're that harassing. pitting are pitting things for better things to like you know get in there like magna guards stuff like that dooku um i don't think that like i don't think sunfag is good at all like it only is command card his command card's really good because he gives free moves uh but like what you're paying 90 i'm not really it also depends on death from above uh it needs to be cleared up a little bit there's a lot of talk about that just like it's kind of vague how it works exactly. So like no one's sure we got to see exactly what, you know, I think that's the make or break for the Sonic cannon, because if death for above is mm -hmm. really good and you just have to be higher than them, I think the cannon becomes much better. Right. It's still probably a little too expensive, but I think that's the only way it gets played. Yeah. More consistently. I agree. I mean, they can also harass really well, right? Like, can like jump in, shoot, and then run away. Like, right. Yeah. Like the old snowtrooper, like move, shoot, move type deal. Yeah. A speed two going. steady model, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely going to be super flexible. Um, I'm I'm buying a whole bunch of them because I buy a whole lot of Legion stuff, and I think Gene Oceans are cool. So I, you know, I inform my LGS that I would like to buy a lot of bugs, a lot of bug people. Uh, and I'm like, I mean, it's really interesting. You can fit a lot. If like, if you decided to take six Geonosian Warriors with Force Pike, it's only 360 points. It's not like, it's not, it's less than half your army. Like you can fit a lot after that. Three Magnas, uh -huh. for instance. Uh -huh. It's probably Mimi, but you know, I don't care. They, are, they also move the release date up. Uh, it, it is not February 29th. <laughs> <laughs> it is the third Friday in January. Uh, it's like the 20th or the 21st. So it's like the day before LVO and like a week before Gold Sprue. So I'm going to see if I can get a whole bunch of Gene Oceans assembled and painted before Gold Sprue. Uh, see if that's going to be my meme dream. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be a little less meme than you think. Probably. We'll see. Um, it'll depend on the terrain, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's an unfair advantage, but we all know how that's going to do. Hey, I don't set up all the tables. I didn't set up any of the tables for Gold Sprue. <laughs> it's because you were drunk. Yes. Nick's just going to make more tables with like better height so he can just actually like get more advantages. Just yeah. like height three. Mm -hmm. We're going to add the height three building. 
<laughs> the, the other thing to keep in mind about the Geonosians is they count as your cortex too. Yep. So even if you're just taking three purely for the objective play, the rest of those points are for actual mattering units. You know, the things you want to put yeah. in there, your special They're forces, not your supports. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of good stuff you can put in there for the, the cheap Geonosians. Of course, B1s are also cheap, but I think the They're... objective play of Geonosians is worth a lot more than just naked B1. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a little bit more, but going off of that, I saw somebody post a list that was uh, like a snail tank B2s and then three naked Geonosians just to, you know, use their thumbs. It's a lot of firepower in the rest good of the thumbs. Stuff. They're good, good thumbs. thumbs. Like, you know, uh, being able to like move, move, hit your VAP turn one. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's really, that's really good if you want to just pressure with the rest of your army, things like that. Um, just a swarm of them going like toward a center box is interesting because like they're going to like whoever grabs it is not going to live, but like they might be able to move it like once or twice and then something else can move, grab, move. So you just got to time your jump before you pick up, you know, whatever objective you're carrying. But it's it's definitely they're definitely interesting. I don't think they're. CIS needs help. Like they were, they are the, they have been the most underrepresented faction across like events recently. Um, They're not doing super well when they get to it, when people do bring them to events. Like, I think there were only five or six separatist players at packs total before drops and everything. I got Um, second at crucible, sir. You did get second (laughs) at crucible, but you're you. Duh. Yeah, fair. Uh, but like, how many magnets did you take? <laughs> three. Oh, three. He took all the, all the magnets. Uh, it's 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 interesting because I was just saying to somebody earlier that like B ones just are not good right now. So uh, Geonosians are probably slightly. They're at least more interesting. Uh, they're only a little bit more expensive, naked. So um, you don't have to worry about AI. So it's interesting. I'll be excited to try and hopefully get a whole bunch in my hands before gold sprue and get them painted up and uh, bring a whole bug army. That's, that's what we're here for. Maybe a B2, some Magnus. Fun times. Yeah. Should we get into the meat of the episode today though? Or I should say Uh, the fur of the episode. The fur of the episode. Um, Real quick though, we, uh, the Adepticon packet, the Adepticon like, uh, event schedule released and uh the world's format is pretty brutal uh so last year day one at worlds all two and ones advanced uh which is fine you know uh it afforded you if you got if you got a loss round one you were still in it uh if you got your two wins your first two games like i did then the third game didn't matter as much because it just reset the next day anyway uh this is brutal to travel for people who are traveling far away, spending a lot of money to ha- for half of them to be eliminated immediately, uh, essentially from contention. It's pretty brutal. Uh, any thoughts? I'm going to reserve judgment until it's officially official, because as of right now, sure. we just essentially have screen caps of the ticket sales and some of the player packet. Um, but I feel bad for people traveling from out of the country. Uh, you know, it's world, so if you need to win, you need to win. I appreciate the cutthroat nature of it. Um, with the way that Legion is slightly rock, paper, scissors at times, I do think X and ones advancing is really good to make sure that you get a good sample size of players that actually played well and didn't just get unlucky for a game. 
Um, but I really just feel bad for people coming from like Australia and all the German contingent who had to play mirror matches with their countrymen round one last year. And I guess you didn't really need to fly 3000 miles to play your buddy at the local store. <laughs> um, but I'm not a huge fan, but if that's what needs to be done so that they can actually put the event on, we can adapt. Survive. Put on my Robert Downey Jr. face. <laughs> uh, you've seen that movie. That's right. I have. It's one of the few that I have. All right. Well, do you guys have any that. thoughts? Yeah. Can't ignore half of our cast. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I personally, when I first heard it, I I thought it was okay. The idea of single elims, like if you look at basically a playoffs bracket, um, is effectively single elims. That's kind of what Worlds gets to. You know, it's the playoffs of Legion in my mind. But um, the the points you guys are making about the travel, I didn't factor that in to some of my initial thoughts on it. And you're right there, especially for anyone traveling outside the United States, even people traveling inside the United States, it's a lot of money uh, to put on the line to maybe play one game and be out. And there's a lot else going on at Adepticon. There's other events and such, but, you know, not everyone wants to be doing that either. So it's it's a bit more negative than I think my initial thoughts on the matter were. Yeah, I'll probably need to, like, grab a ticket for something another day because like it's like i'm gonna you know get you get in there thursday or something like that and then like you play three games friday and then that's it like what are you gonna do saturday and sunday like i was okay i think me and mike played a doubles game on sunday or something like that and it was uh it was an experience i appreciate ryan and always uh being the king of doubles but uh yeah, I'll probably need to look and see what I can get, what I can grab on Saturday. Cause like, I'm not going to assume that I'm going to win three games on Friday. Worlds is tough. Like, only 32 yeah. people are. Right. It's like two. I won my first two this past year and then I lost to, uh, what's, uh, uh, Chris Beezer. And it was like, yeah, I got back to back double dark troopers. It was brutal. Uh, but like the third game didn't matter. Like we both set up as like, Hey, let's just, let's just have fun and uh, roll dice. He had more fun than I did. Uh, but you know, uh, it was another game against double dark troopers. Uh, it's rough knowing that like, you have to, you have to stay locked in the whole time. It is world. So I get the high level of competition that's expected. Um, it is disappointing the difference between last year and this year though, you know, but what are you going to do? I'll still go. Yeah. I think it might also change. I think I might change some mindsets in terms of like how you want to build your list and how you want to play. Because obviously you don't want to go for that draw and knock yourselves both out. So, right. Hmm. Speaking of the list changes, it's actually making me consider do more of a skew. Um, Because if you're going to play something that's an all rounder, um, if you run into a skew, you're probably not going to beat it two or three times in a row because you're, you're going to have to hope your opponent makes a mistake and at that level of competition doesn't happen too often, <laughs> especially not when you're talking about people that have 30 plus reps with their lists. So I might shift some of the things I was doing to or things I was planning to lean into more of a, I don't want to say hit W, but more of a, I'm going to make something happen right away and see if you can deal with it. But Man after my own heart. I was going to say, you guys are uh, a little <laughs> inspirational in that part. <laughs> Yeah. So I have six bookies. So 
be fun. <laughs> so respectively here, Chris, you went four and two. Richard, mm-hmm. you went five and one, ultimately losing to Sam in the final final game. Uh, how was PAX for you guys? Was it great? Was it all you hoped and dreamed it would be? The Wookiees can go first. The Wookiees can go first. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, pa- PAX was wonderful and amazing. I mean, the tournament all around, fantastic. Thank you again, Nick. Love your tables. Everything was great. Um, honestly, the Wookiees did better than I was expecting. Um, you know, I tested them for a while. They they did all right, uh, even well. Um, but they really shown this weekend, and objective decks really make a giant uh difference, depending on what you're playing. Um, and that ability to be red player and get that last veto, or uh, say no, I I need to play my objective deck really makes a three-point bid or any bid in my opinion really important especially in today's meta of how many people are running 800 points exactly yeah three-point bid is kind of big it seems like now like mm-hmm. that's gonna get you that's gonna get you blue like more than half the time i think which is wild given that this time last year a 16-point bid was pretty average <laughs> we've come yeah. far away from the blizzard bidding meta <sighs> really have we really have um Um, so uh your list the fast and the furriest 797 8x uh chewy with this is obviously the uh what are the kashik defenders battle force is that what it's called or yes yes. yeah kashik defenders uh chewy with tenacity and recon intel five wookie warriors with the battle shield and recon intel and then two uh kashik defender wookies those are the ones that shoot good the bowcaster and targeting scopes, a lot of recon Intel on yes. your dudes who want to charge in. And then, uh, you know, uh, targeting scopes is very good on in that dice pool. That is like a whole bunch of white dice. Uh, yes. Here's some sharpshooter. So, uh, uh, so do you, do you want to walk us through how it functions? Sure. So basically the idea is to blitz your opponent. Um, don't give them time to think, force them to always be reacting. In, you know, looking at today's meta, looking at the lists that are popular, looking at the objectives that are popular, there's a lot of very careful play out there where each side is looking to pick one activation and then retreat after completing their objectives. And that's not the style I like to play. I like to get in your face be there as quickly as possible and force you to respond to what I'm doing. And so the idea is to get the battle shield Wookiees into melee with whatever the most valuable shooting targets are by the end of two or top of turn three and tie them up and just sit there and be an absolute nuisance to everyone. Then whatever is not tied down in melee is being picked apart by sharpshooter bowcasters and that Pierce, you know, eight dice plus re-rolling three because you're not finding eight pieces of paint on seven white, even with surge hit, you're usually landing at least a crit and then you've got pierce one. So you're doing at least one wound times two, three of Chewbacca's in there doing something. Um, And so the three of them are basically cleaning up whatever isn't engaged with the melee Wookiees. Um, You're going to lose Wookiees on the way in, but if you can get three melee Wookiees into their lines and start tying things up, 
you've got a pretty good shot from uh, what I've experienced. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got a lot of Wookiees, so you can afford to lose a few before. And it's kind of like, it's so many wounds, right? It's just yeah. like, and then like, you guys, you and Chris played against each other round five. And it was like, I looked at you guys setting up because you guys set up pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there's just so many, like so many models on Chris's side. And then yours just actually has like way more wounds than his. Like it was, uh, it was pretty wild to see. It was funny that like you guys ended up getting paired together that round. Cause the, it was like, it was almost like a mirror, so to speak, which is mm-hmm. like, um, and then the other, the other top, uh, the other top two, ma- top four match was uh, Dashes and Sam, and they were sort of like you know Anakin versus Yoda. So we've all seen that a million times. Uh, I kept walking by, and it's just like it happened really quickly. It was just like all of a sudden, like an hour or so in, and it was like there were just not a lot of models on the table anymore. This table that had so many now was reduced to so few, so quickly because both these lists kind of operate similarly they or in a in a vacuum they kind of want to do something similar so chris uh it's interesting because uh i i i guess i didn't start like talking legion with you till a little over a year ago maybe Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago and you uh pretty much were just an empire player um I don't remember what you played at PAX last year, but like the last like six months or so, you were playing a dark trooper list of Imperial Remnant with like a dark trooper or two dark troopers. Um, And then you got your world's invite. (laughs) And then you were like, I'm going to, I want to, I want to try Ewoks. So he borrowed my Ewoks at a, at a little store championship we had. And he was like, that was fun. And then he messaged me like a week later and he's like, I kind of think I want to play Ewoks at PAX. I was like, you can borrow my Ewoks again. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, what, uh, so was your interest initially in Ewoks just like as a meme, like I want to try this because like I, I have, you know, Nick, Nick's just going to let me borrow his Ewoks. He doesn't care. And then all of a sudden you kind of fell in love with it, which is like, it's the opposite type of list that you were used to running. Like we were running Empire, which is like, you know, th- they're designed to gunline a little bit. Um, and the dark troopers and stuff. So uh, what is, what is it that you love so much about bright tree village now that you own all your own Ewoks? I do own my own Ewoks. So I no longer have to break yours. Um... <laughs> it's okay. They're spindly little guys. Oh, they're they so are. small. They're so small. They um, it did start off as kind of a joke uh, on that one Thursday where right before I went to a uh, store champs, I was like, you know, if I win this this invite to Worlds, I'll play Ewoks. I, I thought they were fun when we played the one time. It, it didn't go as well for you, but no, um, they looked fun. And after seeing that fourteen activation uh, French list, I I I remember playing like twelve activation Empire list for fun, and I was like, you know, more activations. Let's just go crazy and it kind of worked out a little bit at the the local store champs with it um only losing that one last game to mike but you know it it's just such a different play style than sitting back and shooting or um you also have the activations that you can just kind of bully people with activations and also 
you know, push on a uh, objective play. Yeah, I, for me, it's like I love the idea of Ewoks in the game because like it's Star Wars and it's like an important chapter in Star Wars. So it should be I'm glad it's finally in the game. Activation spam is just not my play style. It's just not like something I prefer to do. So that's why it's like I've like I've struggled. I really want to like about Braytree Village, but like it's just not like it doesn't like speak to me the way like rebel hero hammer does stuff like that with like, you know, a lot, even though you can take a lot of characters in it, which is great. It's just, you know, maybe if I could take operative Luke, I'd be a lot happier. Uh, give me, give me a lightsaber to go with my, my Pierce one Ewoks. Chris, do you want to talk about the version that you did bring? Because there are a couple different styles of 12 plus Ewok. Sure. I actually faced a 12 Ewok round one. <laughs> Uh, so I bought, <laughs> brought the uh, 14 activation. I had C-3PO on with a steam leader up close and personal and recon intel. Logray with improvise and secret ingredients. Wicket with forest dwellers, tenacity and situational awareness. Chewbacca with seize the initiative and recon intel. Uh, six skirmishers, three which had axes and two of those axes had called arms. And then three slingers, uh, one with a trapper so I could run log traps. Um it's definitely, I think some people definitely underestimate it a little bit. I don't think it's, you know, high tier or anything like that, but you can, a, like I said, you can bully people a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's a lot of value in like high activation lists that also have like high wound counts and like yeah. it's, they're six, seven wounds each, but which isn't a lot because they don't surge. They don't, you know what I mean? Their save is really bad. But like it's it's still oftentimes not easy unless you have sharpshooter or fire support to take a six or seven model unit off the table. They might take five, but then you still have one or two models and you can just hide them and you still have that activation. And that's like that's sort of like something that like uh, more experienced players know how valuable those like two wounds are on a unit. Like when I run strike teams like if they're still around near the end of the game, they're going to be participating in intercept the transmissions and things like that. They're, you know what I mean? It's two wounds. It's an activation. It's important. Um, yeah. You have low- like, you have double the wounds than almost mm-hmm. every single army. Yeah. Um, even, even if you get like a skirmisher up to like a force user, they're only rolling like five die. Like they're not going to kill that full unit in that one swing. Right. It's yeah, very so. difficult to trade with something that you cannot one shot and played normally without you know fire support sharpshooter dice pools it's almost impossible to one shot these guys Mm -hmm. do you guys want to talk a little you've both mentioned um that it plays a little bit of a different style and kind of both of you have mentioned that you bully your opponent a little bit into making decisions that they don't want to do do you guys want to talk a little bit about some of the games that you did play over the weekend against different list archetypes and just kind of go through like a learning point or something significant that happened in the game because I knew there was like 12 that you could pick from. <laughs> you want to go first this time, Chris? Sure. Uh, honestly, I would say the biggest learning is the last two games. Like against Wookiees, I, I kind of felt that that was probably my worst of the four or the three matchups at the going into day two. Um, it's really hard to, like, I can't trade with Wookiees either. Like, people can't trade with Ewoks. You know, I can't trade with Wookiees. I need to spend multiple activations just to remove, you know, one 
one unit of Wookiees. Like and most most times when you attack a model or attack a unit, you know, three wounds is going to kill three guys. But in case of Wookiees, it's going to kill one guy. It's not really that fun to play with. I, a lot of my learning is also just being kind of a newer tournament player. So like I didn't, you know, I didn't do any prep beforehand to look at what my opponent was playing. So I didn't realize that, you know, melee Wookiees can shoot. So I got like two activations <laughs> shot off the board right, o- right away. Like, you're, you're, to be fair, you're not the first person who's like said that, like that exact thing. Like somebody said it to me once I was like charging Wookiees at them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to move and shoot. And he's like, they can shoot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, so it's last time I played against Wookiees, he ran them into me and attacked. So it was like, all right, I, this is, I'm just kind of going off of what I've, you know, previous previous played against yeah and then definitely my last game against kyle like playing against somebody who's one of the best in the world at the game like knowing about you know maybe my essentially my turn zero i think was like my biggest word deployment i could have deployed a little bit better obviously had a bid at some point maybe um choosing which card for objective to use that would be better than necessarily playing intercept the transmissions for the fifth time in the tournament so so was intercept the main objective that you tried to go for for the event do you feel like that's something that your list excels at the most compared to others i don't think it necessarily excels at the most um compared to everything else honestly i think kp is probably a little bit better because kp i can kind of hide my models for most of the rounds until we need to score where intercept makes it more risky to get that middle objective and potentially lose guys I think it just happened to be how the cards fell. Gotcha. What's the what's the rest of your deck, if you don't mind me asking? I'm assuming you have intercept, KP, and payload. Uh, yep, and breakthrough. And breakthrough. Yep. Oh, right, fourteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breakthrough might be the best if I get like a good deployment, just to place somewhere where I can run everyone and just hide them in that corner. Did you play a lot of close deployments, or did you try to keep the armies kind of spread out? Uh, mostly close. I don't think anything got too spread out. Um, I, I usually try to, at least the play style I've been doing is keep Wicket and like two skirmishers, like usually the axe with the charge, kind of as my harassers. So they're going to go up in the front line and harass and with Han and Chewie kind of behind harassing. And then everything else kind of does the objective play. So, uh, speaking of, of Chewie. Speaking of Chewy, how often were you using, um, if at all, were you using Guardian for the Ewoks? Not for the Ewoks per se. Um, a lot of people tried to go after Han. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was definitely he's your like reliable th- gun. You only have was, like two guns yeah. on the list. There was definitely a, a decent amount of like instead of shooting at Ewoks, they would shoot at Han. So Chewy would take those wounds. Um, Chewie's so underrated in like just in like in the rebel faction. He's just he's so good. I was making this with Chewie earlier. Yeah, he's also he's also pretty good in Gara here. Uh, uh, is there anything you would like change about this list? Like if you could go back, uh... Uh, yeah, I'd probably take a bid. I, I don't think I necessarily needed that third axe, even though it was somewhat useful. A lot of times the skirmishers just died. Um, so at least have like at least a 15 point bid. I, I have been messing around with potentially cutting Han uh for Leia, but 
Definitely thinks yeah. the test. Did you Lays get any value number. out of the log traps? Um, I think only one of my games I got like good value out of log traps, uh, where I killed a bus with it. It's not um, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was right. Really... It was right next to me, so I I log trapped it. I actually like didn't take log traps with me, like when I because I took Ewoks Crucible, like that was like the one tournament I played Ewoks in. I took them to Crucible, and I actually didn't take log traps because uh, I I just felt like it's so bad when there isn't like a dark trooper around or like a heavy that or like an armor piece that doesn't have like cover, because it's like once they have heavy cover, it's like, ugh. Like, it feels so bad, like, attacking something with heavy cover and, like, not surging. You, you only really – you can get an aim from Lagre, and that's it. Like, because it happens at the start of the round before True. anything activates. But it's um, also a free attack at range four, right? It's a free attack When, at when you four. don't have shooting. So, ideally, you could potentially remove two models or one with that pierce, but that still one model versus you having almost yeah. double the amount of models. I also had a hard, I also had Leia too. So the choices mm-hmm. were like instead of Wicked, I had Leia basically, and I had like I had I think I only had twelve acts, and I had full commandos. Um, I kind of like leaned into like the firepower I could take with commandos, Chewie and Han, a little bit less into like the spam spamming like Ewok activations. Uh, I see an argument for both. Like I said, it's the, the activation spam is not. When I saw the list that won that French qualifier. It was like a hundred some people and like the one undefeated at the end was the Ewok list with like 14 activations. And I'm like, God, that looks so boring. to play. <laughs> I was just like, it looks so boring to play. It's just, but like, you know, boring is effective sometimes. So. Uh, maybe I'm too aggressive with it, but I didn't think it was as, as boring. Did okay. Uh, um, it, It's definitely not slow to play if, as long as you're, you know, realizing that, you have a lot of you have a bunch of key pieces, but not every model is a key piece. So yeah, you can kind of burn activations to make your opponent, you know, do stuff. Like I don't need this one skirmisher to go. I'll move him. And that can change game to game. And I think that's one of the things that comes with learning the list is some games Han might be your piece that doesn't really matter, but if you can throw him out there and make your opponent waste time, your skirmishers can close in and you can tarp it what you need to. Other mm-hmm. times you need his pierce alive, like you've got to take a couple clones, so you toss the skirmisher out there, and that's, I'd imagine, one of the more difficult pieces of or parts of playing a list like that. Yeah, definitely. I know what's not boring though is is watching Wookies play. Um, you know, shit happens very quickly, shit dies very quickly on both sides, and um, <laughs> it definitely leads to a faster paced game. Um, Richard, do you want to talk about some of your learning experiences and a couple key moments throughout the weekend? Sure. So one of the lessons I thought I had, and really this PAX confirmed for me, is don't let your opponent have a safe objective, whether that's a back KP, recover box, sabotage point. If you're playing Wookiees, it's not safe. You can afford to divert one to two units to go after that safe because you know when you're thinking about it a back kp a back sabotage point usually has one unit that is protecting it or uh is interacting with it whatever it is if you send a unit of wookies at it one unit does not have the firepower to take down a unit of wookies before they get to you especially with heavy cover almost always um an armor one 12 health they're going to get there. And in a 1v1 in melee, 
Wookiees are going to win nine times out of ten unless you're a Force user. So really disrupting your opponent's plan is kind of the highlight and key point of this list. Um, I saw it in my... I played a game I recover where I chased my uh, opponent's two boxes. And so a unit of stormtroopers that was able to recover one of them ended up on his back corner of the board uh, with my unit of melee Wookiees that took the other box, chasing them down. Uh, in multiple games of sabotage, you know, I was able to get to my opponent's evaporators and start uh, putting work onto them as well. Um, intercept points, you know, usually you'll keep one unit in the back to score on turns two, four, six. If you send two units of melee Wookiees there, first off, they have to divert more resources to be able to score that because your Wookiees are going to be there turn two. So you're either stalling them from scoring it or threatening to score it yourself, which takes heat off the middle, which allows the rest of your army to do work. Or you're able to bog it down long enough that you have a good chance of scoring it on six, uh, like I did on several games. So really, it's my apologies. <laughs> Cat, cats really uh, love when I'm on uh, the computer talking to people. So yeah, just really, really getting down there. The other thing too, and Chris mentioned this before, and uh, I would say probably at least half my opponents really don't underestimate Melee Wookiee's gun. It's ranged one to two. It throws, it's almost as good as the melee. <laughs> yeah, it throws a black and a white surge to hit. I mm -hmm. think, wow, what was it? It was my final game versus Sam after the game. Uh, he just looked at me. He's like, I underestimated the sh the firepower of melee Wookiees at range. Like, I think it was turn, I believe it was turn two. My melee Wookiees shot and put three wounds on Anakin. And that <laughs> changed the entire tempo of our game and really set up a lot of opportunity uh, that I wasn't quite able to capitalize on. It, it came down to, you know, the final dice roll or two of the game, but it, it was there. And, you know, the shooting or the melee Wookiees shooting into pikes did work. And even if you're able to just force three saves, right, eventually yeah. the dice give out. And so you're, you're playing a percentages game at that point. It's a large dice pool. Like, it just the, it it, it, if there's still like four of them, it's a large that's eight dice like you can't you can't ignore like those large dice pools uh and like there's a lot of them right now in legion so that's what that's what wins did you find that you kept them in the shield for more often or were they more of they kind of needed the speed too to get in and then you flipped as you started to get close so you i always deploy in armor mode turn one depending on what the deployment is depending on what the conditions are Either the first two of five are moving up in armor kind of as bait. Um, they're the ones that I want to be shot in order to continue moving forward and, you know, have that armor. Because, uh, you know, again, for anyone who doesn't know, every time you lose a model for the first time in a round, you get to make a speed one move. So first if you're going to shoot me, I'm getting closer to you. And yep. I'm okay with that. Um, but no, towards the end of round one, I'm switching to speed mode until I crash into your line almost always you know there's that asterisk for you know situational but i'm almost always staying in speed mode to get to your line once i've crashed into your line though i'm switching back into armor mode um because the distance moving between units isn't as great anymore and you know if you're just in let's say a clone unit with a heavy right five models if you have armor one and they're rolling five dice they're landing 
on average, what, four with a name-ish? Uh, minus one, you're doing at most a Wookiee worth of damage. Um, it really helps you stay alive a lot longer. And against a Force user, most of them have impact two, impact three. But if you can negate just one of those Force user dice that you have to roll against, you're buying yourself a whole extra turn in melee tying up that Force user. Right, if they only get five through, even if you take five wounds, usually you're not even losing two models. No, and you, you just, lose a model. Right, you're not going to lose that way if that's how the dice go. Yeah, the free moves are crazy. It's crazy good. <laughs> so, one of the questions that I was curious about for both of you guys was, uh, we saw a lot of armor at this event. Um, we saw a lot of ETSCs. We saw double saber tanks. Uh, so think, much Tempest. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Tempest. How do you guys deal with armor lists? Do you actively try to kill the armor? Do you do you gut the underside and just play the objectives? Gut the underside, play the objectives. Honestly, okay. I I played Tempest in a round. What was that? Four. Um, I think it was Matt Hall, I believe. Um, you know, he had double ATST, yep. bunch of scouts with snipers. Um, I. We were playing sabotage, we were playing advanced positions, limited visibility. So we both scouted pretty close to each other. First off, <laughs> that, that game was weird because limited visibility didn't come up once. We were in melee. <laughs> we were in melee first activation of turn one. That's uh, wild. Which, yeah, which I walked by. <laughs> was, yeah, I I still that game felt like a fever dream. The fourth game in the day, it it was it was something for both of us. But um no, I you gotta you gotta at least for Wookiees, you throw the melee Wookiees at the core and you just eat the thumbs alive and you make sure you play an objective that the vehicles cannot participate in. And then once you've taken care of your scoring objectives, those bowcasters are just gonna plink away. Uh because again, impact one, pierce one, you're rolling eight dice on average, that's a natural crit and a hit. There's two pierce one against most armor targets you're dealing two damage you can do that twice and then a third time with chewbacca usually dealing at least one hopefully two of the dice you know really go your way uh so right off the bat six wounds into an armor target every turn pretty good way of dealing with any armored entity really yeah i feel like the i feel like the answer's a little easier uh and not to like not to take away anything you just said, a, like when it's a white save armor unit versus a red save armor unit, because like dark troopers, like the red save tends like it can it can like swerve one way and like that one pierce means you do one wound uh, with the white, like with an ATST, like you said, you, you shoot at range three, you shoot at range three with all the guns with an aim, you probably get three crits, right? With the impact and everything and the natural crits and the aims. Yes. And it's probably taking three wounds most of the time, sometimes two, but that's still pretty good. Like, you're not going to complain about that. It kind of like, but like dark troopers are terrifying. Like uh, when I play, yeah, when I played against them with uh, Ewoks at Crucible, like I just, I was like, well, I got to just hope that these axes uh, kill these dark troopers for me because I don't have an answer because I didn't have lock traps. And, and that's fair, but e even on statistically average dice, which we play Legion, dice are never statistically average. But theoretically, a unit of shooting Wookiees pulls one dark trooper model a piece. So the game's 
and maybe I've just gotten lucky. The games I've played against Dark Troopers, I haven't really feared them because Chewbacca and each of the, the shooting Wookiees is able to pull a model apiece. Um, you're right. If they do save out the Pierce one, you're still dealing one wound. Yeah. You're, you're still chipping away. And, you know, you're looking at what, 107 point unit versus a fully kitted Dark Troopers, like over 200 these days. It's like yeah. 212 or something like that. So that's a pretty good value trade in my opinion i was i was gonna say you're probably kind of excited to see dark troopers on the other side at times because i know playing the magna guard like i don't even have the pierce and i'm still excited to see them because i know they're just rolling two rolling three and when you have the pierce on the other side of that they they melt pretty quickly even if they do save well they just can't withstand the the volume the sample size is too small they're gonna they're gonna throw a blank at some point and as soon as it does half the squad disappears don't I know it? Having yeah. played Dark Troopers, uh, <laughs> quite a quite a bit. <laughs> Chris uh, and then Chris, armor. Uh, okay. I'm actually glad I didn't have to play against any armored units the whole weekend. I ran to <laughs> one bus. The bus didn't have a gun. It had Reckless Driver. Um, oof. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a real way to deal with any real armor i just have to hope that the axes kind of get there if i'm hitting them i think it's more just play the objective i have more activations than them try to kill all the like the squishy units and hope that they can't score with their armored units maybe i'll get lucky with a log trap with that impact four but if i'm running against like there was a three atst list like i don't know how i really deal with that honestly i think i lose the log trap for the squishy units and hope that it actually kills something so yeah if they're taking three atsds there's like not a lot behind those atsds so you can kill that you just have to like make sure you don't get like key positions or something like that yeah um yeah but even key positions is fine because if i kill everything else and it's just atsts in those key positions just hope that the key position is big enough that i can fit some guys right yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just okay. got lucky on the bus, but even the bus like wasn't. It was just kind of more of an ideal target. Like I didn't have to. I could ignore that bus. So. I was gonna say, and you do have that, as Richard mentioned, you do have that little bit of impact with Chewbacca, which after mm-hmm. the log traps, after a couple crits with Chewie, you're you're gonna do a few wounds to the bus as it comes towards you. Yeah, and Han deal can with single white piece. Yeah, and Han can you know do the crits. You know, with Pierce too, it was good. Probably have the mobility to get to weak points as well to get the mm-hmm. bonus impact from that. Yeah. It's just not ideal. Like, focusing everything to try to kill one heavy unit. Yeah. You know, spending that... Like I, I can't slinger them, because my slingers are primitive, so they do no damage right. to armor. <laughs> so, like, I could get Wicked in there. Wicked could do some damage. Yeah. Speaking of Chewbacca, um, Richard, I've seen people go back and forth between Chewie and Chieftain. Mm-hmm. Um, was Chewie more of a points choice here so that you could fit the bid? Yeah, that that that's exactly what he is. Uh, okay. it, that's all he is, really. Um, I wish I had the points for the Chieftain. I think the Chieftain is a better option. Uh, having played with like the Chewbacca gun a little bit more um, in some recent reps... I, I'm not as convinced of that anymore. 
the chieftain is definitely the better melee target and runs with you know the melee walkies but chewbacca i used so much as just a objective piece you know holding a back intercept point uh tapping sabotage points you know doing the work that the rest of my units need to be doing something else um i think chewbacca is just the the bargain version and works well enough within the list and his gun is essentially with proof with the double red you know even if the two yeah. even if the two white dice don't pop up anything you still have the two red coming through you've got critical one it still has the pierce so you know, you're always exactly. getting something across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any final thoughts about the tournament itself? About um, like how you did or anything that we kind of glossed over as we bounced back and forth? The meta is shifting again. It, it, it does not stop. I was shocked by how much armor there was um, between the ATSTs, between the saber tanks, weirdly enough. Uh, there was quite a few airspeeders too. Um, obviously, there was a lot of you know Yoda, Anakin, kind of these clone clone balls and gun lines that are pretty popular right now. Um, but I wasn't ready for the number of and the amount of armor there was across the entire uh, tournament. So it's going to be really interesting as we approach Adepticon and the World Championship to see what shakes out. Um, you know. There's a lot of list variety. You know, if you look at the top eight lists, there's uh, several different archetypes. There's what six? Seven. There seven. are seven different archetypes across the top eight. We we haven't seen that. I mean, we certainly didn't see that at Nova, where what six out or five out of the top eight were nearly identical with just a few shifts between them. So, I, I was pleasantly surprised and happy with the health of the meta. I think as a whole. Yeah, I was a little surprised by all the armor as well, but it was good to see. I mean, the, the the jarring thing was the amount of like Republic that we got, but like that wasn't really that much of a surprise. Republic super popular always like, you know, it's like the most popular faction and it's really good right now. So people are going to play it. So it's sort of... Uh, I was yeah. not ready for the double saber tank in my first matchup. That's yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> he like popped yeah. it down. He's like, it's a double saver, double secret mission, dodge castle castle. And I was like, Fuck. I think you, <laughs> I think you asked me in a chat, you were like, uh, what, any, any really cool lists. And I was like, there's a double saber tank list. <laughs> it was just like, that was the one that was like, that was submitted that like at first that was like, really like surprising. I'm like, okay. I'm like two saber tanks. All right, let's do it. Uh, he did he did yeah yeah <laughs> chris any thoughts about that like the meta and such um honestly my thoughts from packs are mostly just about like my own tournament like in general like last packs was my first packs or my first major tournament in general so going one and four that year and then this year going four and two and coming in top eight was a nice pleasant surprise like I didn't expect Ewoks to do as well. I had a lot of fun playing them and was kind of more trying to play something that wasn't as mentally straining as playing my remnant list that I've been playing since ACO. So like other than that, I I thought there was a nice variety of playing against. Like I didn't I kind of expected to play more like Yoda lists, but I think I only played one. 
one Yodel. I think you killed Yodo in like turn two. Yeah, it was a 30 minute game. Uh <laughs> he he uh I got a, a skirmisher in there, put some wounds on Yoda. He then attacked that unit, got them weak, pushed them away, and then moved in and charged to kill them. If he hadn't killed them, like he would have just been in melee with them, but instead he killed them out in the open. So my slingers came wrong and chucked like seven rocks at Roll the rocks at the little green <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> and then the game was over. Oh, God. Uh, so uh, before we go, uh, Chris, you, we have an event coming up soon. Yes. Yes, we do. Well, soon ish after Christmas. We want to, yep. we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, so January 6th, uh, we're having uh, we're running another store championship event, but it's uh, I'll let you talk about it because this was your brainchild. I'm just kind of bringing the terrain like usual. Uh, yes, yes. I'll let you thank you very it. much for yeah, supporting the terrain. Um, I th- my local store, Trotters Hobbies and Barnegat, still had one invite left to give out. They bought two kits. They still had one. And then another store that's nearby in Lacey Township called Shipwreck Games had two kits and they hadn't run an event yet. So I asked both shops to see if we could combine kits. So we are doing a ideally a 32 man event for two invites. And then after the first round, if we get 32 people, all the round one losers will be put into a 16 man event for the third invite. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. So it's like yeah, a true, it it's like mm-hmm. a true redemption bracket. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the idea. Uh, hopefully, we hit thirty-two players. Um, that's ideal. Uh, just to sweeten the pot, I have a strike me down kit that I had acquired at Gen Con that I will give away if there's thirty-two people. I also have a down X-wing, and there'll probably be additional prizes as we get more people. We have ten people signed up so far. There's still three weeks, a little over three weeks away. So What's the date on it? January sixth. I think it's exactly four weeks from today. Yeah. As we record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's right after Christmas, right after New Year's. So, you yeah. know. Two weeks before uh, LVL. So people are going to LVL and want to get some practice in, even if you have an invite. Yep. Yep. Perfect time to LVL. get some practice in. Practice uh, for the gold sprue. Yeah. We got the gold sprue coming up at the end of January. Practice for worlds. Practice for worlds. Worlds is a little over two months after that. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I expect a lot of the people there uh, probably already have invites because that's like the theme that's going. But like, use it as practice. Like, come play, compete. We'll pass it down to the first, you know, eligible player as always. Yeah, especially the idea of that losers bracket where it's like if you were hoping to get an invite. And you wound up, you know, bad dice or whatever, and you lost that first round. You still kind of have that redemption. To yeah. When you when you pro when you propose that to me, I'm like, that's awesome. I really hope we get to like do that. Like, I hope we mm-hmm. get enough people to do that. Um, and it, to be clear, we're it's not being hosted at a store. It's at the uh, Mariners Lodge in yes. Barnegat because you know there space aren't, issues. Yeah, there's. I mean, that's like. That's like the biggest issue with like the store championship like format is that like stores generally do most stores do not have enough space to accommodate more than like 16, 18, 20 Legion players. And then these events are capped and then you get drops night before and then you end up getting like a 12 man event, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, And finding a venue was 
kind of yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told Nick about this event two months ago, mm-hmm. and both the venues I had gotten either need to do renovations and they couldn't take it or they it over available. they booked the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and Richard, did you want to plug your do you do a blog or is it a YouTube series? I apologize. Or is it both? We do both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you check out uh critblock.com, you'll find links to our YouTube channel where we do battle reports. Uh we try to keep it competitive, interesting, funny. Let us know in the comments what you think about that. And then uh, also on the website, we host uh, the Carolina Hollow Chronicles, which is headed up by Kentucky Dan, if you're familiar with the name at all, uh, that you know writes different blogs about his take on the meta. We have a few more writers coming on, so looking to expand that. And I think um, by the time this episode goes live, uh, we'll have a new blog article up as well. So Awesome. Yeah, I played Dan at Nova. He was uh, a, definitely a turn zero he would like back. But uh, it was uh, he's real good player. Uh, I've enjoyed his articles so far. So, and, and you guys are one of the best traveling groups on the East Coast, if I remember correctly. A lot of you are like North South Carolina, correct? Yes. So we we are primarily hosted uh, between North and South Carolina, uh, either in the Triangle area, which is Raleigh Durham, uh, whatever third city I'm forgetting, and then the Triad area, which is kind of the Winston Salem area. So we usually have anywhere from five to seven from my local meta that travel with us. And then if you count all of the Carolinas, I think we brought something like 16 people up to Nova from. I met a lot of guys at Nova. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, We're doing our best. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, like also like Nova is like basically right in between like Mm -hmm. where, you know, where you are here, where we're in Philly and, you guys are south. I assume you guys will be invading the Cherokee Open in a few weeks, yes, uh, well, a few months. But uh, that should be that should be awesome. I should note that, like Ryan, uh, I did I did leapfrog Ryan as the largest <laughs> East Coast uh, event that me and him run. Uh, but he was, you know, the stat. We are we were a proud we were proudly sponsored by the Stabcast at Pax Unplugged. So uh, there were you know official. They 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 gave me some all art cards. I passed them out round one. Everybody, I got I got myself a cool Dooku Poggle standing orders. I can't wait to use it when uh, you know, when I play Dooku next or uh or Poggle, which will probably be soon. Uh, I do want to play Dooku though because I did manage to because we only had like five separatist players. I managed to get me a Dooku all art. So oh, very nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. I hope that the uh, the kit support for judges is better in the future because uh, unless you like Ewoks, you're out. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was great. I look forward to next packs. I've got to send an email in the coming weeks about the improvements I would like to see made. You know, for me to return triumphantly. But hopefully, it goes well. It probably will. Triumphant usually. is correct. That's the correct word for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pax, I'm glad that everybody everybody had a good time. It was great. Uh, as long as you little... stayed in the convention. <laughs> Heck, Sunday was a little hectic because like, so like they had an issue with like, there was like, there was the right next to us was like Hall C. 
and like they decided they needed to break down all of these tables. That's where like the MCP yeah. tournament was, the Shatterpoint tournament on Saturday, and the Armada World Qualifier that was happening. And basically, so they moved all of the art, like they moved like the top cut Armada guys like over to like our space, like the tables I had broken down after like at the start around uh at the start around six, like I'd broken down all the tables we didn't need because we had like eight extra tables at that point. So the Armada guys came over and like in the middle of their tournament, they just came over and finished like their tournament, which was fine. <laughs> it was just like. Man, the the convention center like they need to uh, they need to like organize themselves better because this wasn't like a PAX thing. This was like apparently a convention center thing. Like they needed to like for some reason they needed to get rid of those tables before the end of the show, and I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, it it happened. Um, I was happy. I was still home by like eight thirty on Sunday night with everything, so I was good. All of the terrain is still in the garage because I'm lazy and using. This uh, cold is an excuse not to do anything. It's so. like 63 tomorrow. I know. I know. I know. It's like oh, warm out. I up all my Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. It's good priming weather. It's, it's in good. the 70s down here. That's nice. nice. Yeah. Good priming weather for sure. Sure is. Uh, so, uh, Nick, I've got else? an event real quick. If I yeah, go ahead. That out Do there. it. We, uh, Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina has a store championship on January 6th as well. Uh, 32-player cap. Uh, I will be helping out. And, you know, if you're interested in seeing that group of people uh, we were just talking about, a lot of them will be there. Do it. Southern hospitality and all that. Uh, we try our best. Be a good time. Uh, uh, send, send, us the link. send us the link for that. We should be able to put it in the description. Oh, awesome. Uh, for Actually, for Chris as well. Um, hopefully we can get that out there on both the on the video and then on the podcast link. Mm-hmm. Should be easier to find. Perfect. Thank you. Speaking of, uh, don't forget support us on Patreon. Uh, we are part of the Fifth Trooper yeah. Network, and uh, we would love your support. I know they just sent out like uh, quarterly rewards for everybody. Some cool stuff headed to all the supporters' way. Um, yeah, yesterday uh, I think actually. I think yeah. so. Yeah. If uh, fi- if Jay is to be believed. Which probably no comment. <laughs> um, but I think that wraps up our show. Thank you guys very much for joining us, taking the time out of your Saturday yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, hopefully Thank we see you guys us. at the at Adepticon in March and hopefully for eight plus rounds. <laughs> Can be on day three. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna make my own redemption bracket. <laughs> Blackjack and hookers. Uh Nick just rents another hall. On I just three. rent another hall. <laughs> have we'll have our own worlds. We'll have our own worlds with Blackjack and Hooker and Nick Strain. Have a wonderful right. day, everybody. <laughs>